Friday, January 13th, 2017 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. The Patriots played their first postseason game of the year as they take on the Houston Texans in Gillette Stadium this upcoming Saturday. We'll also be discussing the Pittsburgh and Kansas City game as well as getting my predictions for the two games in the NFC. We'll be welcoming in Shalise Manzi-Young from Yahoo Sports and Jim McBride from the Boston Globe. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Thanks, Larry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Patriots Beat Podcast. It is episode number 158 of Patriots Beat on CLNS Radio. Go find us on clnsradio.com, on Twitter, at CLNS Radio, and Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS fans. And remember to go follow me at CLNS underscore Sportsteen. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, the 2017 NFL playoffs, your New England Patriots get to take on the mighty Houston Texans and Brock Osweiler and DeAndre Hopkins and blah, Joe Davy and Clowney. I think that's actually the whole team. But no, it, uh, we'll have a pretty good matchup for the Patriots this weekend. Patriots obviously took down the Houston Texans in Houston, twenty-seven to nothing, with no Tom Brady. So we'll be going over what the uh, what the game will look like with Tom Brady, as well as you know the other playoff games that are going on, including Pittsburgh and Kansas City. We have Green Bay and Dallas, as well as Seattle versus Atlanta. But first things first, let's get right into what we saw last week from the other AFC playoff games. Because, to be totally honest, they were uh, they were pretty crap. Uh, everything kind of went as everyone expected. I'm pretty sure every single favorite won last weekend. The Steelers obviously won over the Dolphins, which everyone expected. And the Texans were able to take down the Raiders, who without Derek Carr looked like uh, just... You know, a, a last place in the NFL team. That team wasn't ready for prime time without Derek Carr. But hey, you know what? Every single team has to grow. At least they made a playoff spot, so I don't think you'll you'll hear them complaining too much. But you know that that Texans and Raiders game was kind of just went exactly as we expected it to. You know, Brock Osweiler had what two good drives maybe DeAndre Hopkins made a couple of nice catches here and there the Houston Texans defense was able to take care of business and the ball bounced away the Texans and now they have to roll into Foxborough which I'm pretty sure they haven't won in like six years or something the Patriots have a plus 100 point differential against the Texans the last like four times they played them or something insane did 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 this Texans team isn't really that good. Brock Osweiler is not a good NFL quarterback. Lamar Miller is pretty good, but you have to give him a lot of carries in order for his yardage to get uh, to get really up there. And I mean, the Patriots shut down both of them when they went into Houston, and that was before everyone recognized how terrible Brock Osweiler was. That was kind of the beginning of the end, but you know they still do have a very good defense. I know I, I preach 
that yardage and defense don't really mean anything. It doesn't. But if you look at the Texans, I mean, it's kind of what, if you go listen to what Bomani Jones said yesterday, the reason that the Texans defense is so low, or I think it was Aaron Schatz, uh, on his show, you know, the reason the Texans yards per game is so low is because the games aren't really close until the end and no one's really launching these ridiculous 80 yard drives against this defense because the games are always so close. So, it, it's more of a victim of uh, of just kind of the team they play for rather than being a dominating defense. But, you know, Jadavian Clowney is somebody you got to watch out for. Obviously, he's having an amazing season, really coming around to that number one overall pick that we really – that he has that talent level that really everyone expected him to have. So on top of that, they have A.J. Bowie at corner – or Bouye, I think is his name, who's a very good corner, has had a very good season, did a very good job against the Oakland Raiders. Kareem Jackson is still there being a, a very good corner, as is Jonathan Joseph. They, you know, they, they have some good people. At secondary, Quinton Dennis is still there playing safety. He's had a good year. So their secondary is pretty good. I don't think it's anything over the top, but it, it's a solid secondary. The linebacking core is also pretty good with, with uh, Whitney Merciless, Benedict McKinney, Brian Cushing, and they have a strong defensive line with Vince Wilfork and Jadavian Clowney. But, you know, I bring up all these things because the, the talent on defense is very good. But let me just remind you that as good as the talent might be on defense, the, 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 you know, it's still a Romeo Cornell defense, and a Romeo Cornell defense in the face of Tom Brady has just proven over and over and over and over again to be futile. So, as great as his defense might be, it's not like Romeo Cannell is coming out here and showing us something different than he's shown. I mean, the, the, he's run the same defense since he's left New England. He did the same thing in New England. He did the same thing with the Chiefs. And now he's doing the same thing with the Texans. So this is a defense that Tom Brady has seen many, many, many times. I don't think that – I think there's some crazy stat that Tom Brady's never thrown an interception against a Romeo Cannell defense. Something nuts. So this game, I think, should go as we expect. You'll see Tom Brady – uh, just kind of rip this uh, offensive pieces. Again, it's still astonishing to me, the statistic that the Patriots have never lost a game that Deion Lewis has played in, which is just outstanding. But, excuse me, one of the big uh, highlights of this game will be actually who ends up playing. Is it going to be Michael Floyd at the number five wide receiver spot, or is it going to be or at the number four receiver spot, or is it going to be Danny Amendola? Because they're not going to carry five wide receivers. I can't remember the last time they carried five wide receivers. And no, that does not count Matt Slater. Matt Slater does not count as a wide receiver on this football team. Matt Slater counts as a special teamer. So does you know do you you do you put Amendola in, who's been one of their clutchest players? for the past couple of seasons, or do you put in Michael Floyd, who you just got, had a very good game against the Dolphins, but that was still two weeks ago, and he's only been with the team for about three to four weeks, so I, I don't know. I think you put Amendola in simply be, you know, not even, not even because of, you know, oh, he deserves it, but just because I think he is actually going to make more of an impact on this football game than Michael Floyd might. Michael Floyd's a very good player, don't get me wrong. He has a very important uh, induction of, uh, of, what's the word I'm looking for here? Very important set of skills when it comes to blocking and size on the defensive side of the ball. But at the same time, 
I, I, I'd still choose Danny Amendola for this role. He's just he, he's just been such a reliable player for this team for so long. So I still think that Danny Amendola should probably be the one who starts on this team. Good, good, good job, Harris. You unplugged your mic and you didn't realize it. Good, good, good job. Clap, claps for Harris Rubenstein. Also, a little bit of a personal announcement. Uh, you know, the the uh, Chargers just announced that they are moving to Los Angeles, which is you know weird. And not fun for, I think, anyone. But, alas, I guess this is also a cool time to announce myself. I am, I as well am moving to Los Angeles. This will be the last show I record on the East Coast for at least four months, hopefully longer. I'm hoping to stay out in Los Angeles. I think it'll be a great time just to pursue a, a sports broadcasting and entertainment production career. You know, heading out there with uh, Emerson College for my last semester of college, and then I'll graduate and start looking for fancy jobs. So keep on the lookout for your boy, Harris Rubenstein. Maybe he'll get a big break out in Los Angeles. But yeah, a little bit of a personal announcement as we move a little bit away from football. But back to the rest of these playoff games. So the, the, this Patriots game, actually, you know what? Before we get to the rest of the playoff games and my prediction for them, let's take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we will go over the rest of the playoff games before we welcome in Jim McBride and Chalice Menzi-Young a little bit later. Episode number 157 is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. It's the new year, which means a fresh start for your business, and a great year starts with making great hires. But posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter, you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017, post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, my listeners can post job on ZipRecruiter's for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-F-A-N. One more time, try for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. Thank you, ZipRecruiter. All right, so let's get into these other playoff games. So first things first, my prediction for this Patriots postseason game it, it's going to go exactly how we expect it to. Tom Brady's going to do his thing in Gillette Stadium in the playoffs. It's going to be cold. The Texans are out of a dome. Blah, blah, blah. Patriots will pick them apart. I say the Patriots win 31 to 17. The Texans won't be able to score more than 20 points on this defense simply because Brock Osweiler is not good. So, Patriots take the win, 31-17, move on to the AFC Championship game where they will be facing one of the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a fun game. You know, you have the Chiefs on one side, Jeremy Macklin, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and the Steelers on one side with Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, in my opinion, as he proved in that game against the Miami Dolphins, he's far and away the best running back in football. I don't care what people, you know, David Johnson's very good. Uh, Devonta Freeman's really good. AP is still AP. Who, who am I missing for best running backs in football? McCoy had a really good year. Uh, 
Uh, Murray. No, see, they, all these people just aren't. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is, on a, is in, on a different tier. Him and David Johnson are just a different tier of running back from everyone else right now. But Le'Veon Bell is the best running back in football, in my opinion. You could have him stop for three seconds, and he'll still find a way to break through the line, get nine yards, stiff, on, stiff arm somebody on the way down, and maybe even get the first down. He's incredible. The guy, guy reminds me a lot of... Um, a little bit of Clinton Portis thrown in there. Just the, the, he's so good. He's so patient. He's so smart. If he had top end speed, he'd be Marcus Allen. But he's just, you know, he, he doesn't have that top end speed, but he's so patient, so smart that he's definitely, in my opinion, the best running back in football. And then you have Antonio Brown, who is also the best at his position. So, yeah, the Steelers going in here, the best wide receiver in football and the best running back in football. Big Ben's having a kind of a bad year, low key. I mean, he's, I think he leads the NFL in most interceptable passes. So take that as you will. The offense kind of runs through a very high risk and high reward system. That's just how Todd Haley has run his his offenses for a while now but they're you know they're they're both very good teams the Kansas City defense it definitely has the advantage when it comes to deep on the defensive side of the football versus the Steelers. They have a great secondary with Eric Berry and Marcus Peters. Decent linebacking core, though it isn't as good without Derek Johnson. But we'll see if, if Justin Houston plays. He's going to be a big part of uh, whether or not this, the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs can get to Big Ben and actually bring him down. Just don't let him roll right. And or you know let him roll right and he'll definitely rip you to pieces. But this this should be a very good football game. I'm really excited for this one. It's gonna be it's gonna be lit in Kansas City. That's for sure. So make sure to watch this game. We'll obviously get the Patriots opponents to the AFC Championship game. I personally think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win this game. I think that Bell and Brown is is probably too much for any team that is in the New England Patriots. They're just so dynamic. They're so smart. They're so good. And the, the, this this Steelers team is just outstanding. But you know the Chiefs have been hot for the past couple of weeks, and usually these these playoffs get won by the hottest team, not necessarily the best team. But I still think we're going to see Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Big Ben be able to take down the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're going to have a Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots, AFC championship game so let's take a quick look at the two nfc games before we welcome in jim mcbride and shalise manzi young so we have a fun little rematch here of the uh seattle seahawks and the atlanta falcons playoff game gonna be in atlanta again i still remember when uh the atlanta falcons blew that game to the seattle seahawks it's just it, it, that, was, that was such an unbelievable playoff game. Really one of the coming out parties for Russell Wilson. But here we are again. The Atlanta Falcons with the highest scoring offense in the NFL. Seattle Seahawks with still a very, very good defense. Not necessarily the defense they had of old, but still a very, very good defense. Nonetheless, I think you are going to have... A very good football game there. I still think I think this is the time that the Atlanta Falcons finally pull things out. I love what Kyle Shanahan has brought to the table with his West Coast offense this year. Matt Ryan, sorry guys, Matt Matt Ryan is all right. I'm gonna say it. It hurts, but I think we all need to hear it. Matt Ryan is the MVP. I'm sorry. I know Brady. I know we're gonna look back 
in a couple of years and say, holy cow, we didn't give Tom Brady the MVP after he threw for 28 touchdowns and two interceptions in just 12 games. But Matt Ryan deserves it. He's thrown for almost 5,000 yards. He's the highest quarterback rating in football. He's, he's He is the reason that the Falcons have been so good. He's been throwing touchdowns to everyone with hands. I mean, the, the guy's been outstanding this year. And if he pulls it out again, I mean, the, the Falcons have the number two seed in the NFC. Did anyone expect the Falcons of the number two seed in the NFC? I certainly didn't. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to give Matt Ryan the MVP. And I'm also going to give the Atlanta Falcons the victory in this one. And then the Cowboys versus the Packers. These games always come down to who is hottest. And to be totally honest, there's no one hotter than Aaron Rodgers and that offense right now. Whether Jordy Nelson plays or not, I don't think it really matters. I'm going to give this one to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. How do you stop Aaron Rodgers right now? I don't think it's possible. this, This is one of the best quarterbacking performances we have seen in the history of football his past seven games or so. He is unstoppable. He just took down the best secondary. In, you know, you want to talk about the whole thing with Odell and this and that. This is one of the best defenses in all of football. And they dropped, what, 30, 31 points on him? 35 points on him? They just, they, they smacked him in the face. Boom, just whack. Right in the face. Aaron Rodgers went off. Randall Cobb went off. That, that Hail Mary is, he's, he's just so good, people. He's so good. Guy's a legend. I got to give this one to the to the Packers. I feel bad because everyone's going to blame Dak and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I don't think this Cowboys defense is that good. Sean Lee is really good. But, you know, they have that Dave Irving guy who's, you know, he's had a couple good games. But he's he's no proven commodity. They don't have a great defensive line. I don't think they – the Pro Bowl Focus came out and said that the the – Frickin' Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys secondary is the best in the NFL, which, no. No, no, it is not. No, no, no. It is not the best secondary in football. It is ridiculous. So, you have a secondary that's okay versus Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just ripped the Giants defense apart. And if the Giants defense can't stop Aaron Rodgers, I'm not really sure who can. It is simply outscore the pits or outscore the Packers and control the ball. And hey, the, the Cowboys have as good of a chance as anyone to do it with Ezekiel Elliott, Des and Des Bryant and Dak Prescott. But I still don't think it's gonna be enough. I'm gonna have to give this one to the Green Bay Packers. So we're gonna have a Patriots Steelers AFC Championship game and a Falcons-Packers NFC Championship game. It should be a really, really, really fun weekend of playoff games. But again, I'm going to be moving to Los Angeles on Saturday. Wow, I'm moving to Los Angeles in what is going to be two days from now. Ah, it's so it's so crazy. I'm 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 so excited, fam. I I can't explain to you how excited I am. Please give me your support. Love to if you guys gave me a follow at CLMS underscore sports team. I will be constantly tweeting out the different fun times and experiences I have in Los Angeles. Don't worry, it will not affect me doing the Patriots Beat podcast. Even though I'm not on the East Coast, you still will not find a better connected 
uh, source on Twitter for your Patriots info. But with that being said, we're going to take another quick break. And when we return, we're going to be welcoming in Jim McBride from the Boston Globe. Thanks, guys. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. I know that me personally, when I was living in a college dorm, I used Blue Apron in order to get my fresh ingredients so that me and my roommate Jack could cook up some nice meals, maybe some fresh steaks, maybe some good chili, some quality stuff. And it's also a very fun holiday gift, so maybe for a nice Valentine's Day gift or a nice birthday gift coming up, I would give it to, I wouldn't give it to a girlfriend, obviously Blue Apron would be a little rough, but give it to a family member, maybe they can get some high quality ingredients in their life. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals, so they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers, whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash patriots. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash patriots. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into Patriots Beat. It's now time for our featured guest segment. This week, we are very happy to re-welcome in Shalise Manzi-Young of Yahoo Sports. Shalise, it's been so long since you've been on. I'm happy we finally got it to work this week. Definitely, Harris. Thanks for uh, thanks for asking me. So we have four, well, three and a half really good football games this weekend. Uh, Texas Patriots, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, uh Seattle, Atlanta, and then Green Bay and Dallas. And so let's start on the AFC side of things. And we'll stay away from the Patriots game because that one's probably the easiest to predict. But this Pittsburgh-Kansas City game is probably the best game that we're going to have of the playoffs so far. Who do you think has the advantage going into this matchup based off of what we've seen the past couple weeks? Um, You know, it's it's a really good question. I think certainly – the Steelers having, I guess they're being called the killer bees, but having, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell all together for the playoffs for the first time, certainly an advantage for them. But Kansas City is, they're really such a strong team on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I think, and they're playing at home, obviously. So I think Kansas City has the edge in that one. Alex Smith isn't, you know, he's not going to bowl you over. He's never been a flashy kind of quarterback, but he's steady. And in the postseason, if you look at postseason numbers, I think he only has one interception in all of the um, the postseason starts that he's made. So he's he's going to protect the ball. Travis Kelsey is amazing. Uh, Tyreek Hill, for whatever feelings you might have about him as a person, um, is a tremendous, has been a tremendous asset. I mean, I think he scored four different ways this year, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty amazing. So, you know, I, I would give the edge to Kansas City in that one. And, you know, I like I said, I think they're they're a really solid team. That secondary defensively is might have overtaken the Seahawks for the best in the league. I mean, Eric Berry, Marcus Peters, they're tremendous. I was, you know, whenever I look at this Kansas City team, the only issue I have is – I'm not really sure how this team can consistently beat other good teams 
because the problems that we've seen with Kansas City this year, I know they beat Denver in that last game when Denver had just kind of given up on their season in Arrowhead. And then they had the Raiders game or a couple Raiders games where Derek Carr was just totally off. But outside of Tyreek Hill, this this offense has problems. Well, I guess, you know, you do have Kelsey. But outside of Tyreek Hill, this offense doesn't have a lot of big-time players, but they seem to make it work. Do you think they can take down a Pittsburgh defense that we saw shut down a pretty good Miami offense? Uh, you know, I think I think they could. Um, you know, the Steelers' defense is good, but you're right. I mean, you look at Kansas City and you, you don't see a ton of star players offensively. You know, Kelsey, I think, um, you know, you hate to compare him to Gronk, but he is Gronk-like in the versatility that he has. Um and the things that they can do with him. So he's he's such a good weapon for them. Jeremy Macklin, he has his moments. I don't think he's quite panned out to be what everybody thought that he was going to be when he was drafted. But he's you know he's there, um, and just Hill, you you just don't know what he's going to do. And then you know you have uh, Santari Poe can throw touchdowns too from the goal line. <laughs> so you never know um, what they're going to do. I think that's part of it is just they have. They have enough pieces that they can be versatile when they need to be. And I don't I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I you know, I think it might be it might be like a twenty to thirteen kind of game. It might be, you know, more of a slugfest because they are too physical, you know, they're not really flashy teams, they're just physical teams, particularly on defense. So but I would just give the I would give the Chiefs the edge mostly because they're at home and like I I think they're a little I think they're a little more complete than the mm-hmm. than the Steelers, but it, like you said, I, I do think it on paper it might be the best game of the weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see this, just because we might have a bl- the the all three of the other games could be a blowout if one thing goes a couple ways, but this, this is a game that we know is going to be just an absolute grind them out defensive matchup. It's going to be fun, but one game that probably isn't going to end up being so much fun unless you're a Patriots fan. Is this Patriots Texans game? I mean, Brock Osweiler didn't. He he was okay against the Raiders, and then Connor Cook was just horrifyingly bad. So, you know, th- this Texans team didn't really get a chance to show to show much. But I mean, Jadavian Clowney has he's not at the level yet, but it's very clear that th- this guy is a special player. But the the Texans can't beat the Patriots in Foxborough, can they? It just it just doesn't seem realistic. No, I mean, I think if they have any sort of chance at all, I mean, short of Tom Brady, you know, getting hurt um, and not being able to play the game as for, you know, whatever reason. Um, and even I think Jimmy Garoppolo would do fine against <laughs> the Texans. If if the Texans are going to have a chance, I think it's going to be Jadevian Clowney and Whitney Merciless just being relentless and beating that revamped Patriots offensive line, which is really hard to do. I mean, Brady, if he had played a full season, he would have taken the fewest sacks he's taken in years. And part of that is a credit to Brady and that increased mobility we hear so much about. But part of that is because Dante Skarniecki's return made Marcus Cannon into literally an all-pro level tackle. It's unreal. Um, And he just turned around that offensive line. It, It just, it truly underscores how, amazing of a coach Dante Skarnacchia is. Um, 
that he was able to he's been able to turn around that offensive line. I mean, it's funny because I had to do the preview. We all did, you know, previews for the four games, and I did the Patriots one because I, I will be at that game on Saturday. And you know, we had to say, well, how the Texans will win and how the Texans will lose, and it was like, how are they going to how are they going to win? I look, I was there in the stadium for Super Bowl forty two. I saw the Giants beat the Patriots and end the dream of the undefeated season. We all, you know, people were watching on Monday night when Clemson beat Alabama. So upsets do happen, but this would be one of the biggest upsets in NFL history if mm-hmm. the Texans were to walk out of Gillette Stadium on Saturday night with a win. A 16-point favorite the Patriots are over the Texans going into this game. That that has to be the biggest that I've ever seen for an NFL playoff game. 16 points is is outrageous. It's the I think it's the fourth biggest. There's actually been three or four bigger, but it's the biggest the Patriots have ever had, and it's you know it's definitely top five in terms of biggest spreads in postseason history. So mm-hmm. yeah, again, Vegas believes it, and just you look at it with the eye test, and you just yeah, no, it's not gonna, <laughs> Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage, neither mm-hmm. one of them are going to come into Gillette Stadium and beat Tom Brady and the Patriots and the number one scoring defense in the NFL. I mean, the 27 points Houston had last week against Oakland was their high watermark for the season. The Patriots average 27 points a year, a a game for the season. So, you know, this is 27 was like a big deal for them. The Patriots roll out of bed and they're like, yeah, we'll get 27. No big, (laughs) like it just, it's not happening. It would be fantastic. Um, You know, obviously as, as Patriots, fans as your listeners are, this could be the last game of Vince Wilfork's career. Um, so it would be a little bittersweet from that end. But again, short of either Whitney Merciless and Jadevian Clowney just having the games of their lives and Tom Brady not playing at all, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I think a six-straight AFC title game is in the cards. I, I, I would have to agree with you. So let's take a look at these other two NFC games before we let you go. The Seattle-Atlanta uh, rematch, I should say, from 2000, what was it, 12 or 13? I remember that was one of Russell Wilson's coming out party where he dominated the Atlanta Falcons. 14-2 and two Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Just Russell Wilson went off. So rematch of this game, this isn't the same Seattle Seahawks team. Without Earl Thomas, that secondary just doesn't work as well. Sherman's obviously doing his Sherman stuff, but that that other side of the field is just a complete mess without Earl Thomas. So going against the best offense in football, will the Seattle defense stand up one final time, maybe the end of a of a true dynasty? But you know what what do you what do you see in this Atlanta Seattle game? Well, when we did our Super Bowl predictions. Last week, I guess we, we redid them, but my midseason Super Bowl prediction was Patriots over Seattle. So I guess from that standpoint, I have to stand by my pick. Um, and Seattle does have to win, but that's, you know, Matt Ryan for, you know, he may be the NFL MVP if the fact that he was chosen as the first team all pro quarterback is any indication. And over the last several years, it has been, but, you know, he still has to prove that he can win the big games. And he really hasn't done that. I think in, in their losses that they did have this year, he threw game changing interceptions, I think in three of the five losses that they had. So 
you know, and that's during the regular season. So now you have to prove it on the biggest stage. If you want to bring your team to the NFC championship game, if you want to bring your team past the NFC championship game, you know, the, the MVP award is only given out for regular season play, but if you're the MVP, you should be the MVP in the postseason as well. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think you're right about, you know, Earl Thomas being not there and Julio Jones, that's going to be a problem for the Seahawks, but Mm -hmm. they're so tested. They're so battle tested in the postseason. It sounds like Russell Wilson is healthy. Uh, The performance that Thomas Rawls had last week, that's something that had been missing from them for them offensively for most of this season. So they're, they have that big hole with, with Thomas gone, but I think a lot of other areas, they're really strong. So it could be a good, a good matchup. Again, I think, you know, this is Matt Ryan's time. If you're going to, you want to say you're the league MVP, this is when you have to show us that you deserve to be the league MVP. Right. Then, you know, he, he's had a fantastic season. I've been a big fan of what Matt Ryan's doing this year, and I'm kind of happy that Kyle Shanahan isn't leaving the Falcons just so we can see if it was a fluke or if Matt Ryan's just going to have a stellar second half of his career. But, you know, for, for someone like Aaron Rodgers, that's why we kind of enter into the second half of his career to transition to this last game. You know, I've said it multiple times on this podcast that the last five or six games that Rodgers has played, he's arguably been the greatest quarterback in the history of football. No one is, I, I don't know how you could possibly play better than Aaron Rodgers has been playing the last, like, couple of weeks. And then he takes down one of the best defenses in football in Lambeau. He's just unstoppable. And the rest of that Packers team is bad. It's, it's Aaron Rodgers, a decent offensive line. And then just a bunch of dudes. So, right. you know, now they're and going. Jordy. He does have Jordy, but. <laughs> yeah. We don't even know if he's going to have Jordy this week. It's insane. That's so n- true. That's true. Now he rolls into Dallas, who's been the best team in the NFC all season. This is kind of the ultimate test. Okay, Aaron Rodgers, you be try try the Cowboys in Dallas. Do you think he'll he'll defeat the challenge? I don't. It's it's hard. I think it's going to be really difficult. And if they do win, it is going to be solely on his arm, as mm-hmm. you just said, because they they really don't. I mean, there were how many games this season that they didn't even have like a true running back in uniform. They didn't even have a healthy running back for stretches of this season. So, yeah, I mean, defensively. Do they have any? I mean, Julius Peppers still has his moments, but Julius Peppers is, what, 36, 37 years mm-hmm. old at this point? And, you know, ha-ha Clinton Dix, he's okay, but, you know, it is. it is. It's going to be really difficult for them. I think, obviously, home field advantage with the Cowboys being at home. I know people want to point to, um, point to Dak and, and Ezekiel being rookies, but have they looked like rookies at any point this year? No. I mean, that game against Pittsburgh, it was the game of the year. And they just they stood there and didn't flinch and were able to walk away with a win. So, you know, I, I think – I don't know that it's going to be the worst game of the weekend, <laughs> but it's going to be really, really tough. I mean, I don't think the Packers had it away. Really tough. I mean, I don't think the Packers had it – to slow down Ezekiel Elliott, and that's bad. To slow and such a bad. To slow that. To slow a god thing for Dak. To slow to slow a god thing for Dak. To slow to have a slow guy like Ezekiel.
What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of CLNS Radio, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show, hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice, and live on CLNSRadio.com immediately after every single Pats game. Call in at 929-477-2386, toll-free, to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter polls for the play of the game, and everything else that is going on with the four-time Super Bowl champions. Subscribe to the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher and the best way. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere. All right, everyone. Welcome back into Patriots Beat. It is now time for another featured guest segment. This week, we are very happy to welcome uh, welcome in Jim McBride of the Boston Globe. Jim, the first thing I want to bring up to you, because it's it's right in front of me, uh, or just got released a couple minutes ago, this Patriots injury report is just barren. I mean, the only person on here that actually is kind of concerning is LeGarrette Blunt, but it's just because his because he's sick, not because he's injured. This has to be one of the healthiest playoff teams the Patriots have had in a long, long time. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're getting healthy at the right time. Uh, really, it's been it's been a, a pretty good season health wise. I mean, outside of the Gronkowski injury and you know Brady being a little dinged up, they've been very fortunate and. You know, uh, come playoff time to have your uh, your injury report basically be an afterthought is uh, is a wonderful thing. One of the also one of the great things about this Patriots team is that it, it even without the injuries, it has proven time and time again that it is just incredibly deep. I remember when they traded Jamie Collins away, everyone started freaking out. All oh, the linebackers, this and that, but you know they make a quick trade for Kyle Van Noy. Here comes Shea McClellan. And the defense has actually been better since they traded him. Yeah, another guy in that mix is a Landon Roberts, who's uh, you know the rookie has been extremely instinctive and you know helped fill the uh, the, the Collins void in the running game. Uh, he's really been stout, and you know I think that a lot of the guys uh, took it upon themselves to kind of look in the mirror and say, you know, without Jamie, uh, they need us to step up, and I think they all did, especially under the leadership of Hightower, who you know really. Um, didn't let this group fall apart when, when Collins got traded. So one of the weird things I did want to bring up to you, maybe you'll have a little more insight uh, for our listeners. Malcolm Brown has been on a very strange snap count the past couple of games. It got released that he was late for a meeting, didn't play almost the entire uh, game against the Jets, and then again didn't start the game against the Dolphins. Is there are there any worry about uh, the upcoming game against the Texans, or should he go right back into his starting spot? Uh, I think he'll be back. You'll see back seeing him start uh, this week against the Texans. You know that was just a, a minor bump in the road for for uh, Malcolm, and you know he paid his penalty uh, by by missing, like you said, almost the entire Jets game. But he was in the mix relatively quickly in the Dolphins game. I think he sat out the first series, maybe the first two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and he had he had be. be Got a little criticism, I guess, from from the coaching staff. You know, they were they were saying that they were looking for more consistency out of his spot. Uh, you know, they were talking about how well Allen Branch has played this year and how well Vincent Ballantyne has played for a rookie. And when it came to Malcolm Brown, Bill said, you know, we're looking for a little more consistency. And I think he showed it that week in practice after he was, 
you know, not bench for the entire game, but certainly sat down, uh, responded with a good week of practice and, and had a really strong game against the Dolphins, even though he didn't start. Yeah, and, you know, especially with uh, what we've seen out of Vincent Valentine this year, his absence hasn't really hasn't really been noticed too much. I mean, Vincent Valentine, or Valentine, uh, whichever way it goes, I mean, he's he's had, you know, Belichick's had a couple of uh, draft reaches over the past couple of years, but it seems that he finally hit on one with Valentine. Yeah, he's been, you know, he's been a very stout guy. You know, he hasn't hit the wall, hit a rookie wall at all, which, you know, sometimes you expect out of a guy that size, uh, you know, that, that maybe it's stamina might be an issue just deep into the season. But he's actually gotten better. Uh, Bill has talked about what a quick learner he he is and what a hard worker he is. And for that matter, same for Woodrow Hamilton, who's now on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he's been very pleased with both of those guys, um, mm-hmm. you know, to come in here and pick up a, a pretty complicated system um, and, and really thrive. So, uh, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, Valentine was a, was a value pick and, you know, Woodrow Hamilton was a undrafted free agent. So they've gotten good value out of both those guys. So let's take a look at the actual game we have coming up on Saturday. This Texans team is is still a very anemic team on offense. You know, Brock Osweiler didn't really show a lot against Oakland, besides that Oakland wasn't really ready for prime time without Derek Carr. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is good, but they've had trouble getting him the ball until kind of last game. They don't have, you know, Will Fuller hit a massive rookie wall after like week six. And the rest of the offense isn't that great. And they're going against a Patriots defense that has gotten better every single week, despite the people they're playing. They've gotten better every single week since that Seattle game. So how do you think this Pats defense will look to attack what's been a pretty blech uh, Houston Texans offense? Yeah, I think if if Lamar Miller can't find the groove, really, then they're in big trouble because Brock uh, Osweiler has shown that um, in-game adjustments are certainly not his strength, uh, along with accuracy for another thing. So I think he's in for a long afternoon um, against his Patriots defense that, as you say, has, has continually gotten better, especially since the San Francisco game when, when really a lot, of, a lot of guys on that team point to that game as the turning point in the season. Um, I think DeAndre Hopkins, like you say, is a, is a fantastic receiver, but um, you know, Logan Ryan has had a lot of success matched up against him. I would suspect that to be the um, to be the case this week, and he would probably stick with them the whole game if he's successful. And but they've got some other guys that they can spin in and out if they have to. But I think Brock Osweiler is in for a tough day this, uh, this Saturday night. Sorry, a little bit of a mic issue there. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you now. Perfect. So they, they've been very lucky this year, though, to have Romeo Cannell uh, bringing up the back end of that defense. You know, they, they've really been performing without J.J. Watt, and a lot of that has to do with Jadavian Clowney. And he, he's been outstanding in the run game for his entire career, but now he's starting to learn the pass. Do you see Nate Solder being able to take him on alone, or do you think they'll throw a guy over there to kind of give him a little bit of help? I think in certain situations he'll be, you know, he'll be left alone, kind of on an island with Clowney. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times he'll get some help too. You know, uh, Martellus Bennett is there, James Devlin is a uh, is, is a great blocker, and you'll you'll get some chip blocks from the running backs as well. But, you know, to ask one guy to handle Jadavian Clowney this year is is uh, is a lot to ask. So I think you know he's going to get some help for sure. Uh, but Solder, one of the more underrated guys uh, on that offense this year. You know, you don't really hear much about him. I heard a lot about Marcus Cannon this year, and deservedly so. He's had a great season. But, you know, Solder's an old-school old veteran, and I, I, I suspect he'll hold his own on, on Saturday night. 
Yeah, he's he's definitely been one of their better offensive linemen this year, and you know that that also goes along with how great Marcus Cannon has been for the uh, Patriots this season. But one last thing before uh, we let you go here: Do you believe that this Texans team can actually beat the Patriots, or is this is this a foregone conclusion that the Pats are going to win this game? Well. There's, I, there's no such thing as a foregone conclusion in the NFL, but this is as close as there is to it. <laughs> I think the Patriots roll in this game and, um, you know, face a much stiffer challenge next week against the, either the Steelers or the, or the Chiefs, no matter who they draw. Steelers or Chiefs? Uh, I think the Steelers uh, beat the Chiefs, and I think they come in here and, uh, you know, give the Patriots a game because uh, they're not intimidated by them, and, you know, they know how to – they know how to play this team. Wonderful. We'll have a, uh, a Patriots-Steelers AFC Championship game. Jim McBride of the Boston Globe. Jim, thank you so much for joining us, and I uh, hope you have a great weekend. You too, Harris. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, people, that is going to do it for today's Patriots Beat Podcast. Please remember to listen to the Patriots postgame show uh, this Saturday after the Patriots playoff game against the Houston Texans. You can call in at 929-477-2386. Listen live on CLNS Radio. I will be on about 15 minutes into the show. I I love going on those guys. They always have some really good insight. And it's always fun, you know, get the... Shoot the, uh, shoot the crap for a little bit with uh, a couple of colleagues. But if you want to help support the show, please give us a subscription rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Today's show is presented to you by Blue Apron. Go to blueapron.com slash Patriots to get your first three meals free with free shipping. And by ZipRecruiter. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash SportsFan to post jobs for free. Music was provided by Hyde 209 and Joshua Morse. want to thank our guests Jim McBride from the Boston Globe and Chalice Manza Young from Yahoo Sports for Patriots. Content manager Michael Longi, CLNS radio executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network Nick Gelso. Thanks to everyone who, tu- who tuned in. This is Harris Rubenstein, and this has been the Patriots Be Podcast powered by CLNS Radio. Go follow me on Twitter at CLNS underscore Sportstein, and I will see you guys in Los Angeles next week. Have a great weekend of playoff games, everybody.